Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The question I'll have off the back of that, and you can answer if you want, is what's the lowest ever cash offer you've had? And what's yeah. the highest ever cash offer you had? Top end... About 7,000. Wow. Yeah, talking about competitive games, I feel like, I feel like it's right to, to announce something to you guys and to everyone. We had a lot going on like, in our personal life, me and Shell. So like, obviously separate situations, but maybe I should delve into it. I don't know. This week in the 490 podcast, we're joined by former Manchester City, hashtag United, and XL FIFA pro player, Ryan Pessoa. From competing at World Championships to commentating with Kakar and Hullet at the E-Champions League. He's also got a massive announcement to share at the start of the podcast. It's one you do not want to miss, so stay tuned for the next 90 minutes. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Well, welcome back to the 490 podcast. And I'll tell you what, Rich, I'm excited for this one. A good friend of ours, but also someone who's got a great story across the next 90 minutes. A fantastic story. It's going to be a big one. He's a pro player. A presenter, a commentator, an influencer, a part-time TikToker, and an overall great guy. Our friend, Ryan Pessoa. Yeah, pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we always like to start the full night in Ryan with a pre-match drink of choice, sort of the 90 minutes of this podcast. Yep. What have you brought to the table? Um, it might be one of the worst ones we've seen, Rich. <laughs> Appalling. <laughs> it's going to be the dullest one you've seen. I just drink water. I kid you not. <sighs> Smart water, yeah, it's one of the top two I drink. It's either this or Volvic because there's a difference. There's clearly, in my opinion anyway, I think a lot of people agree, all water tastes differently. For me, Smart water, Volvic water. Ryan, we have people all over the world yeah. that we can get drinks. We, <laughs> we know people from South America to Oceania. We yeah. could have sourced anything for you. Water, that's it. And you pick H2O. Genuinely. Two hydrogens and oxygen. That's all I drink. I don't really... I tend to drink water the majority of the time. Sometimes, might squeeze in a, a fizzy drink. Okay. Sugar-free. Sometimes, but yeah, that's about it. What about yourself? What well, are you going with? for the third or fourth or fifth or last year in a row, it's another iced Americano for me. <laughs> um, it might be getting colder in England, but it's, it, the, cold, the cold drinks are still here. You're not a coffee man, are you? I'm not a coffee drinker at all. Not at all. I've probably drink. I probably had maybe 10 cups of coffee in my entire life, so... Yeah, not a coffee drinker. I have to apologise for Richard on this one because Richard asked for, was it an orange, orangina? It was orange. We got an orange flavoured drink, <laughs> yeah. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. I have gone back to primary school. <laughs> got jam sandwiches in the lunchbox as well, got everything there. <sighs> Lovely and fruity. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your, your pre-match drink. Uh, FC coming up. Yep. Big year, once again, for Ryan Pessoa. Uh, is this... Something you drink before a competitive game going ahead? Yeah, talking about competitive games, I feel like 
feel like it's right to, to announce something to you guys and to everyone. So obviously competing now for a number of years, multiple events, some successes, some highs and lows. But for me now, I kind of think I'm in a position where I'm probably going to, I would say, hang up the controller in, in a way where I don't plan to play the season. I plan to, of course, still would be within the scene, but explore different avenues of maybe content creation or, or broadcasting and being involved in that way. So yeah, I don't, I don't plan to play this year. Well, no e-premier league no, no e-premier league no fc pro nothing i just yeah plan to do other, other things and what's made you come to that decision that you think that maybe this is the time to hang up the controller yeah i'm an honest person i feel like with and a critical person at, at, for sure when it comes to my ability and performance and everything and in the 1v1 scene recently I haven't been good enough number one i haven't been willing to put the time in to get to that level to be good enough um as i was in previous years so i feel like if i'm not willing to put the effort in and I don't back my ability, I have to be 100% sure that I want to do it. If not, I'm not going to do it. So I just don't think it's fair on myself to, and other people, if I was signed to a team, for example, to not be 100% in and be half-hearted, I just don't think it's worth it. Well, well we saw obviously Man City, that that sort of time come to an end, what an yeah. incredible year, a couple, yeah, couple yeah. of years it was there. I mean, to get that loyalty from a club in esports is, is, is never heard of, to yeah. be brutally honest, other than I think maybe Ajax have, have done something similar in the past. So, you know, we sat on the fence and we saw you leave City and we're thinking, yeah. okay, what, what's next for Ryan? But it looks like we we might be seeing him a bit more, um, <laughs> yeah. as, we'll, uh, as we'll talk about yeah. as the podcast goes on. But I think it says a lot, Rich, about Ryan there, like the maturity there. You know, there's players that might be like, I am still good enough. And but he said, look, I'm just going to park it for now. I think there's also players that would, if you got an opportunity to take some, I'm not necessarily free money, but a contract yeah, when they know they can't yeah. play to the, the ability, yeah. they would still do that. Um, let's go back. We know what's potentially on the horizon for <laughs> yeah. you. Let's go back to the start. Uh, Ryan Pessoa. Where, where did it all, where did it all start? Uh, take me back to the childhood. Take me back to the yeah. to growing up. Growing up. So I got my first console, I believe, when I was nine years old. Um, it was a PlayStation 2 and first game, of course, was FIFA. I've always been a massive football fan, huge Arsenal fan, of course, representing Man City, but I've been a massive Arsenal fan from from when I can remember. So being able to obviously play football in real life as well and play a video game related to football was the key growing up. I didn't play it online, funnily enough, until I was about, I want to say 13 or 14 years old. So it was just career mode. That's all I played. Hardest difficulty. Sometimes I'd even go offline, set the game mode or halves, 40 minute halves or whatever. I'm just play a full game. I beat the AI like 600 nil and just literally just on amateur difficulty, just trying to score goals. And then obviously growing up, playing online now, competing against friends from school that I've met and people online. I had maybe a group of friends, maybe I'd say up to 10 of us playing consist consistently ultimate team from then. And they couldn't beat me. I kid you not. Years. And I remember losing the first game after maybe four years. Genuinely, to this day, it breaks my heart. And since then, they haven't played me. None of my friends play me anymore because obviously they feel like there's no point. They don't feel like they're going to get anything from it. But in terms of actually competing, it started off, as you guys know, in FIFA 17. And I always word it as like falling into the scene in a way, because obviously I knew about Ultimate Team. I knew about um, like the game itself. But I never knew about competing. I didn't think there was an avenue to earn money or have a job technically to play FIFA. So I'm trying to think the exact pinpoint, the exact part. It was sort of like, I guess, what was it? FIFA 17, where there was the Bigfoot champions sort of emergence. And it was a case of like, if you're actually unbelievable at foot champions, yeah. you can qualify for a tournament and potentially what, what Rocky and Shells are. Exactly. Yeah. 80, 80K, 160K. A, a lot of money, a lot of money to be made, but it wasn't even then. Cause I found about it afterwards, obviously ultimate team, um, introduced for champions that year and 
I never forget my first foot champs actually. I was at uni and loaded it up, come back off on a night out, I was playing a game. I think I was like 13 and 0. So I didn't even know that it was a like I didn't know what the standard was at the time. I turned my Xbox off by accident. I was too hungover. I literally just leaned over, elbow touched it, Xbox off, 13 and 1. They were going to say you were dancing around the room there. <laughs> you know how. I think I finished on 34 wins, but I think it was top 100 at the time. So I mm. did get the top 100 awards in the first week. So yeah, onto how I started. <clears throat> Bateson, who you guys know, um, I used to watch him a lot on YouTube and he was actually partnering with a website for a ladder system. So it was on Gfinity ladder systems to compete in tournaments. And that's when I found out my friend told me, go sign up for it. You can win 500 pounds if you come second or 1,000 pounds if you win it. So I thought, okay, why not? I'll sign up. And on the site, it had my good friend now actually fully. He just signed with a team called Epsilon. And I was like, oh, wow, you can sign up for a team. And funny enough, I played fully that day as well. So I messaged him and I was like, how did you join this team? And he just said, just keep grinding hard. Like he sees that I've done well on for champions before. Just keep playing the game. So I carried on playing it. And there was a, a period where I believe it was April, May and June. I'm not too sure, but it was one of those three months where you had to finish top five in the world in the leaderboard to qualify for an in-person event in Munich. So yeah, I qualified for that, finishing I think third consecutive month. So I done really, really well on foot champs. And yeah, that's where it stemmed from. You, you mentioned uni. Yeah. You, you went, I'm guessing that this first year? Mm-hmm. During that sort of transition period. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, what were it that you were studying? Yeah, so I studied business management. So I was at University of Exeter. It was far, okay, too far for me. But it was, yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. And then did you, when you were playing FIFA? Yeah. When you sort of came back home, shall you say, and you, you go into your mum and you're like, so <laughs> yeah. studies haven't been going great, yeah. <laughs> but I'm the one on the Gfinity ladder. Yeah. Like, is that a conversation that took place? Like, I think the one... Obviously, with, with my family, I've come from a very traditional family. It was It's basically go through the schooling system, university, get a job, whether it's a nine to five or start your own business, and that's it. You continue in that and build up a, a lifestyle from that. So having this sort of job where it's, it's mainly online and it's, it's new, because obviously before that, there weren't many avenues to create content online to earn a, a salary from it or to play video games across the world, which I've been lucky to do. So I think being able to... Actually, I was going to say the first thing when I qualified for was the part where my mum was like, okay, maybe this could be a way. I'd probably say it took until joining Man City. Wow. Because obviously Man City- So quite far in the journey. Yeah, a way. Obviously my mum supports me and my family support me the whole journey, the whole part of the journey. But when you join Man City, that's a top club performing well, winning trophies in real life. They have obviously the financial backing. They have the stature. So for them, it was like, wow, you're uh, playing for that team. Yeah. Obviously I've always noticed that about you from knowing you since Eve 17 as well. You've always, you've always this, sort of studied alongside playing. I don't yeah. know how you did that when it was oh. 40 games of oh my God. a foot champs <laughs> yeah. a weekend. When was the moment then in that FIFA 17 year? Because that was sort of our emergence as well of me and Richard yeah, yeah. started commentating. When was the moment in that year when you were like, okay, I'm a pro? Like what what defines being a pro player in your mind? Is it signing for a team? Is it just winning some cash from playing in a tournament? Like what yeah. defines being a pro? For me, a pro player, I think this is something we both, well, we've us three can agree on. I think it's blurred in the scene. For me, a pro player is somebody that's signed contractually to a team to compete in tournaments. I don't think you're a pro player if you're a free agent. Even if you're playing in a like a similar like a ladder where you can earn cash and you win cash, I don't think you're a pro player. I'd say you're a competitive player, like you're within the scene for sure. But to be a pro, I think you have to be signed with a team and competing. Well, you are professional, like yeah. in That's, in real football. Yeah, you you you've got semi pros, yeah. and that's something we don't, that we don't really see. Like yeah. no one says they're a semi pro FIFA player. Like you're either an amateur. 
yeah, or you or class yourself as a pro. Yeah, that's it. Whereas in, in football, when you go professional, that is your number one main source of income. Yeah, yeah. And for a lot of these pro players, a lot of it isn't the time. Like if you are playing in ladders or you're trying to play in rivals, yeah. you're not earning any money from that. None. Like rivals didn't pay my mortgage. <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking that to the tax man. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've yeah. got 20 and 0 on champs. Yeah. Um, so I think it is, it is very interesting. You mentioned FIFA 17. Yeah. Um, that's sort of where this lifestyle came about for you. Yeah. And you, you end up at a E-World Cup, the biggest tournament that FIFA has to offer. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Well, that, it seems like a very quick turnaround. Like you go from playing in Munich at Orms <laughs> yeah. to playing at Westminster where another fellow Englishman, a friend of yours, Gorilla, yeah. walked away with $200,000. Whirlwind, how was that for you? Like that entire sort of four or five month period? When I look back at it, I think it's unbelievable. But at the time, I kid you not, I didn't really see it as that big of a, an accomplishment. I don't know. I can't really explain it. I feel as if at the time when I won the event in Munich to get to the World Cup, I was like, oh my God, wow. I didn't think, I didn't go in with the confidence thinking that I'd beat everybody because I didn't know who they were. I had no yeah. idea. I had Kurt in my group, self proclaimed at the time on Twitter saying he's the best in the world. I had Rafsu, Maestro. So it was a tough competition to go into. I'm the person... Nobody had a clue who I was, like underdog completely. So for me, after the World Cup, or sorry, getting to the World Cup, I should say, again, I didn't see it as that big of a deal until afterwards when I saw, oh my goodness, the amount of people that are, the amount of footballers that were at the event at the World Cup, when Gorilla ended up winning it and lifting the trophy and all, everything and the money that came along with it. That's when I found out, wow, this is massive and it could continue and propel. Yeah, just some context as well for those that, thinking you know what is the that e-world cup that that was the year where basically fifa and da when they were working together let's yeah. just say they were both investing a lot of money like let's just say the e-world cup was twenty thousand dollars wasn't it before that that was the first year. it was two hundred thousand yeah massive difference. you know massive, massive. change and, and you're right to say look there was three different pots wasn't there you know you, there was the european pot of players the mm. oceania pot of players or rest of the world sorry and then yeah. the the america's players we were able to follow that tournament that year. So to be amongst, was it the top 32 back then? Yeah. Unbelievable. Some of the names in that tournament just didn't even get out of the group. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it was groups of eight, wasn't it? It was yeah, groups, groups of eight. eight crazy groups. Can you can you recall some of the big matchups? Um, what, that I had? Yeah. I played Gorilla. <laughs> Actually, I remember that game. What's the score? He won 2 now. He scored a crazy goal against him. It was an unbelievable goal. I batted him, though. Absolute robbery. I'll be honest. That's what I'll say. No, seriously, go and ask him. Because I remember he was, I was sat here, he was sat over there and he was getting coached by Sean Allen, Dragon. And I remember Gorilla in his accent. I don't want to swear. And he was like, what the F is going on? Who the hell is this? I remember him saying, who the hell is this guy? And I was battering him. There were, there were a lot of people, I remember back to Westminster, like just just players who no one had a clue. No idea. Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nicholas qualified from yeah. Argentina. Yeah. We saw him qualifying in, in the Americas region. And he came through and was just like, oh my God, this kid's unreal um a, a number of those american players like even joey remember yeah, joey yeah. diddy chris diddy chris, chris lito yeah. there were a lot of really Tons. really good players that Tons. are now gone on to have great careers win yeah. trophies and and make a lot of money mm-hmm. you you finished fifa 17 yep i remember um it's quite convenient actually because on the, the day of recording we just went to a, a launch event mm-hmm for the new game for EAFC. Um, yeah, I know what you're going to say. We that. met you <laughs> yeah. at the FIFA 18 launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're walking around your hashtag United yeah, top. Literally, yeah. Uh, that was... <laughs> you leaked it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that move. Yeah, that was massive because I was at a team before that. It was only a, a short term contract at Excel. And joining hashtag again, a big fan of Spencer Owen online, followed the hashtag football team as well. And obviously, the people that, that were in the hashtag team at the time, you got Harry, you had Tass, 
it was a great org to be a part of. So I had a lot of offers after the World Cup. Can you talk about them? Yeah, who came in? What, did you want the teams that came yeah, in? Yeah, who came in? Um, Epsilon. Okay. Came in. Leon. Oh, wow. Could have been a little French move yeah, for yeah. you. Um, there was another English org. Who's the other English org? Roma? Roma Fanatic? No, no, no. Who is it? Footwiz? No, it wasn't Footwiz. I got a funny story about that. I, touch on that. I actually touched <laughs> on the Footwiz one before. There was another team, but I was getting offers from other teams, basically, and it was substantially more than what Hashtag were offering me at the so, time. For context, or as well, so at this moment in time, you're with Excel. Um, well, I'm technically a free agent, but you're a free I, agent. But I was with Excel before that for three months, and I just didn't renew my. So, contract. what is that contract? Without going too much detail, like what's the? Is it a paid yeah. contract or not? And is it why is it three months? They paid me with maybe a, a handshake. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking for money when I when I joined the team. I kid you not. I just wanted to represent a team, and that's the thing that's that I'll, I want to dig into here. I still feel like now there's such an emphasis of people just jumping to sign for clubs. It's better than mm -hmm. it was, but. Mm -hmm. As you were saying when you were starting up, your yeah. your mindset is I just I've got to sign for an esports team, yeah, I've got yeah. to sign a football club. But they're not giving you anything, no, are they, nothing. other than a jersey? <laughs> yeah, li literally, they could have honestly not a, nothing. But again, it was a thing where obviously I was naive at the time. I just wanted to be involved in the scene because I saw, wow, this this looks unbelievable. Um so I remember someone I met through the Gfinity ladder, he messaged me saying, Oh my gosh, you're such a good player, whatever. We both practice against each other. And um he messaged me saying, Bro, you need to talk to teams, put your name out there. I didn't have a Twitter account. So I created a Twitter account. He was like, just message random teams because you've qualified for this event. People want to sign people that have made it. He told me about a team called Footwiz. And I was like, oh, they look really good. They have a great website, obviously. And, and it's a it's a big team. I messaged Footwiz. I think it was Dan in charge of the account. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I've qualified um, for FWC Munich. Is it possible for me to represent you? And it was just like a blunt message like, no, mate, sorry. We've got someone who's there. Funny enough, he's in your group. Good luck. Something like that. <laughs> Footwiz Richie. Never forget, dragged them across the floor. I think it was about seven. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I remember that. I'll never forget. So me and Dami have a big, a good laugh um, over that. But obviously, I still have a lot of love and respect for for Footwiz. So going on, sorry, Rich. Like you've you're in contract discussion. So as Rich was saying, back in the point, you've got a couple of offers on the table. You could yeah. maybe be speaking fluent French at this point. Yeah. Um, but what was the most attractive, and how did hashtag come into that? For me, again, obviously, monetary value is very important. Obviously, you look to get um, financial freedom. You want to get a contract where you're getting paid what you're worth, but there were other aspects for me that are very important. I want to feel somewhere, or I would love to go somewhere where I feel a connection with the club. Like obviously with hashtag, the connection stems from me watching them online, me watching the players, me meeting the players as well at the events and then being welcoming. So again, for me, it was sort of a no brainer in a way. And again, they were offering me some of the teams two to three times what I was getting offered from hashtag. I still turn them down just to join. I mean, at that time as well, hashtag were, I think uh, at current speaking, don't currently have a, player in the scene yeah but back in sort of fifa 18 Ooh, nice. fifa 19 they were the team you want to play they were the probably the they biggest the org yeah, in the space like 100%. whether from the players that you had in terms of quality yeah. but also i mean those um the content days and the content shoots and like yeah. everyone yeah. i remember playing weekend league in the so in the good. same room so like good. yeah you, you sign with hashtag you get the handshake from spain mm -hmm. how did life change after that because I imagine the Twitter followers went through the roof. Crazy. The YouTube <laughs> subscribers went up. Yeah. But did the pressure as well Funny on you? Enough, no. Weirdly enough, it didn't because it was just like, it was, again, I still didn't take it in my shot thinking of how big this is to join Hashtag. Again, one of my friends, he coached me at FIWC as well at the World Cup. He was telling me, bro, Hashtag is massive. He was such a fanboy of Spencer when he met him. And again, being able to, to play with the people that was there, I had Boras, I had Aggie, I had Harry. It was sort of like guidance because they've been in the scene a little bit longer than I have. 
Um, so they have the knowledge, they have the expertise, whereas I'm a newcomer and they were great people. Honestly, without them, I wouldn't be where I am today in that sense. So grateful to, to them and everyone that was part of it. And in terms of the followers and stuff, Harry was the reason I created an Instagram account as well. Didn't have it. I had no social media whatsoever. So I created it all and then it just blew up from there. And, and to this day now, looking at that, like... How important is it to be on socials as, oh, a, as a pro player? Because yeah, it still yeah. seems like there's this mindset you just play. You don't, yeah. you don't just play. Yeah. You can't just play. You can't. Not anymore. And Well, even before, I don't think you should. But I agree with you 100% in the sense that content creation is massive, especially in, the, in this space where it's performance-based. If your performances aren't up, up to the level, at least you have the content to fall back on. And teams can look at you and feel like, oh, look, and he might not have qualified for this event, but he's earned X amount of thousands of views per month or per week or whatever. So he has value or that person has value. And I think that's something that's missing. Um, I'm guilty of that myself. I don't think I've maximized my social media at all. Something that I'm planning to change, hopefully, for the best. But um, yeah, it's something that you fall into the, the mindset of, I want to compete. I want a tunnel vision. That's it. I want to compete. And I don't want any side distractions where, yeah, I just want to focus. I want to I wanna just nip back very quickly yeah. to hashtags. It was a, a massive part of your life. Um, you mentioned the players there. You said Harry had a big impact on you. Mm. He was sort of the captain yeah, of yeah. that team. Yeah. What is Harry Heskef like? <laughs> For the people who, who might not have met him before, yeah. who see the, the Twitch streams and the YouTube videos, yeah. when you peel back the curtain, <laughs> what is Harry like? Honestly, what you see is what you get. Genuinely, one of the most genuine people out there. He, he's always happy to help people when he has fun. Sometimes might take it to the next level where the fun is like craziness, but he enjoys himself. And I think that's something that some people in the scene don't do. And obviously you can enjoy yourself to an extent. He might take it a bit far sometimes, but he's someone that, again, he has the mature side of him when he needs to be. And I think it goes under the radar, actually. He, he plays a lot back then. People used to think because he's a, a guy that likes to go out, he played so much and he grinded the game a lot. Was it FIFA 20, I seem to remember, when the season got cancelled? Yeah. Oh, He'd have got he the World Cup spot. Yeah, yeah. He was smashing yeah. it. He went over to America and he was playing. Actually, I think it was in Canada. With his family. I think he was in Canada. He, he was smashing. He was doing so... I think he might have been top five as well in the wow. world that year on the leaderboard. So he was doing really, really well. There's always really a way, isn't there, to find a way around the uh, the qualification. <laughs> yeah. probably, the, probably the best example of that. Yeah, genuinely. I would have done the same. No complaint. I'll be honest. I think it was a, a smart thing for him to do. But yeah, just... Yeah. I want to go to one particular event. Mm -hmm. Barcelona, 2018. Wow, yeah. There was a player who <laughs> made his mark yeah. on the scene. Uh, probably the biggest player out of FIFA EFC that we've ever seen 100% in text yeah um firstly what was it like when you you, you played him yeah um I know you're gonna tell me that you should beat I him won. Yeah, I but just <laughs> you talk <know> as well <laughs> <laughs> just talk about text yeah. like that emergence zero to 50,000 followers overnight unbelievable are we ever gonna see something like him again in terms of in terms of ability or in terms the of whole the package the whole package is it's hard to say we do have other younger people coming up, but like we've seen Anders spiral. Um, obviously, it wasn't through an event, though. It was through for Champions Online, and then he became um, eligible to compete. But with Tex, I remember at the tournament, he was battering everyone. Rocky, obviously, one of the biggest names in the scene. Kurt, one of the biggest names as well. And he was just running through every single person, sometimes double-digit scorelines. And at the time when we played, um, we already secured a spot at the playoffs because we were in the quarterfinals. And I thought, all right, we both have nothing to lose. Let's go into it. He's been winning 10-0. 9-1, etc. So I thought, all right, he clearly can score. I'm a terrible defender at the time. I honestly, could not defend. My aim was to outscore you. I didn't care if I conceded five. As long as I scored eight, doesn't matter. I won. 
So it, I thought I'm going to concede a lot here, but it was a close game. And I felt like, I felt like I should have won the game. And I'm not just saying that. Tex deserves it in the, in, the, in the sense that he took his chances better than me. But if I look back at the chances, maybe I could have done stuff a little bit different, but yeah. It's an interesting story as well, that Tex one, because, you know, we still remember being in Barcelona and where he was so new, mm-hmm. very shy, was sort of sitting on his own at breakfast Literally. and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. honestly, you would not. We yeah. chatted to him, didn't we? You know, we pulled him over for yeah. breakfast one morning. I think yeah. he had like this Los Angeles hat <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, he did. I he had a hood on and he was just his, yeah. You know, this kid who at the time, I believe, was living down like south. Yeah. Maybe an extra, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Nearby. And then... 48 hours, it just changes. Oh, that, changes. That Twitter growth, you know, you speak yeah. about, as it was called back then, FIFA Esports, the power that that you had from winning tournaments when people were watching and there was crazy drops like pack drops and icon drops and stuff yeah. like that. The amount of power the scene had back then. Um, and it was just, that was like the, the growth really, isn't it? We had a big FIFA 17, FIFA 18 there. And I mean, I don't think you'll ever see a player that will have that sort of growth. All you I, don't, for a I, I agree with you, actually. I actually believe that. And- it's it's tough to grow nowadays because obviously back then it was new, it was fresh. Competing in the esports competition with FIFA, it was massive, and the way he done it as well in style, he mm. was it was flair. He wasn't just like his his play style was exciting to watch. He scored a lot of skillful goals, so I think for that to happen again, it would be an, it would be a massive rarity. I think incredible stuff when you yeah. when you think about it. Throughout the rest of that season, mm-hmm. um, you made it to the playoffs. Yep. Um, Unfortunately for you, you didn't didn't go through <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the end. When you finish that 18 season, mm-hmm. then you you look forward. Hashtags continuing to grow. Yeah, your stock is continuing to grow. When you're in sort of those, did you sign a one year deal at hashtag that first year you went? Can you remember? I don't remember. I'm okay. not sure. I actually don't know. Just signed anything in there. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> what have I learned in the last 12 months from Excel? Just sign. Yeah, literally. Just sign anything. I don't remember. So when you when you are moving forward, yeah. during that period where you're top eight in Barcelona, is the rumourings, like whispers coming in, like we want Ryan or is it, oh, he's yeah. a hashtag United player, no one's yeah. going to go near him. There were teams that approached and I remember, so like maybe I conducted myself wrong in this situation. A team approached me at the event when I was there and at the time I didn't have an agency. I'd done everything myself. And it, um, it would have been a one-year deal. At Barcelona? Um, at Barcelona. They, they say approached me in, at Barcelona. Can I guess who it is? Yeah. yeah. We're at Union, lad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got approached by them in all events that I was there. Even players. Like every time they wanted to talk to me. So I thought, they're persistent. Let me just see what they want to say. But I'd done that without telling hashtag first. Oh. So I just went to meet them. But I didn't plan to, I wasn't never going to sign anything or do anything. I just wanted to hear what they were saying. And then when I had the, the talk with them, I then went back and was like, hey, Spen, <laughs> a team approached me. And then he was raging. He was like, why don't you come to me first? Blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, they wanted to sign me again, a lot of um, money at the time, but it just didn't, it didn't happen. Oh yeah, actually it could have happened, but I think they had a problem. I think they, um, I'm not sure what happened with them, but they, they, I don't know, um, closed down maybe their company that they worked with at the time. Um, But yeah, at the time I just didn't see myself leaving hashtag unless it would have been for something crazy for me to leave. It's one of those, isn't it? Like we see it all the time in FIFA Esports. People are so keen for a year. They come in, they spend big. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think it says a lot about the scene as well that it's, it's not that sustainable yeah. in, in the nicest way. I mean, I'm hoping for change now with yeah, yeah. EFC now here in FC Pro. But like it just, yeah, I think that's probably one of those case examples right at the start. A team comes in, throws around big money and yeah. then realises maybe this isn't all is, it, all is it meant to be. But carrying on that story. So at Hashtag, my question to you is, do you think you utilised the opportunity enough? Because no. on YouTube, you did grow. Yeah, yeah. And then... You just stopped. stopped. Yeah, because at the time, so I was editing myself. I, all I had was 
a laptop that was given to me for free for the school I went to when I was 16, like the, the college I went to then. And it had two gigabytes of RAM. It was the, the worst laptop ever. Thank, I'm grateful they gave it. I can't yeah, complain. Yeah. It was it's good free, for, for school. Yeah. But for example, I'm editing a, a video. That's maybe 20 minutes. I kid you not. How long do you think it took to render? Enjoying that, Rich. <laughs> um, probably two days. It's about two days. It's about 30 odd hours to render the video. And then if there was like a mistake, cause I couldn't, it was so bad I couldn't play it back. So yeah, I just yeah. had to edit it. If there was a mistake, <laughs> just I had to go, go back. Just no, gotta no. go. I had to go back and edit it again. So then I had to wait another two days to render the video. Genuinely, that's how long it was. And then sometimes it would pick up the wrong mic cause it kept disconnect, the worst thing ever. So I thought I'm still at uni. I can't bring a PC up. I don't have the money yeah, yeah. to buy it or afford a laptop or something that's, or a MacBook, whichever that I could use. So, and I thought, let me just focus on my studies because when I joined Hashtag, not because of not because of them at all, but I started to like not go in to my my lectures, my seminars. I just thought I can't I can't be bothered. I, I, I'm not going to drop out because, as I said, when I start something, I want to finish it. I want to put um, effort into it. So I was kind of like caught in a continuum. Do I put effort into FIFA or to uni? And I thought I'm paying money. I'm losing money technically at uni. So I'm going to put my effort into that. So yeah, quite a similar story to us really. Um, when we our story. We, Obviously, we were doing the commentary. We mm -hmm. started progressing at a pretty rapid pace. And it was the third year, yeah. the dissertation year, during Ter FIFA oh, during <laughs> FIFA 19, where we had an LQE or an event same. every other... The same thing, yeah. And um, I always say I, I wrote my dissertation, all 10,000 words, in about four days. Yeah. Just because I think we were in Singapore. We got back from the event, and I were like, oh, no, I've got to write yes. a dissertation. I the same problems. And I wrote it all in about about five days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is a how did I mean you just said that you didn't really balance it. Oh, it was horrible. I'll um, be honest, horrible. How far then were you traveling to get to hashtag HQ to play? So this was the thing. So when I was in Exeter, obviously I transferred. I transferred to sorry because if I'm joining hashtag, there was something in the contract where they wanted us at the HQ a certain amount of times. And number one, I didn't have the money to travel from Exeter down to Essex that frequently because they wanted us a couple times a month. I could not do that. I couldn't afford, number one, the timings. It would take about five hours, just one way, I'm pretty sure. Mm. It's that on the train. It's quite a far journey. So I thought, I didn't want to stay at home. I go to uni that I know the area a bit more because I went to a school there. So I joined, I went to Surrey University, continued my into the second year. And yeah, it was a lot closer than it was compared to Exeter. So yeah, just doing all of that. And similar as you said, in FIFA 19, I had my um, final year as well. And... Um, even in FIFA 18, actually, for playoffs, when I, I played against Danuzo in that game, I had an exam the next day. I'm so I couldn't get back in time. So they gave me zero on the exam. Wow. They didn't give me... You, I didn't get... Danuzo beat you as well. me as well, honestly. Double whammy, honestly. I was <laughs> thinking, what's next? I think, yeah. And it was just like having a choice, basically. I'm like, how am I going to tell my mum, oh, yeah, um, by the way, I'm not turning up to my exam because I'm going to go play in a FIFA tournament. That was probably one of my favourite commentary lines, actually. <laughs> the news always in London. The news always in yeah, London. Yeah. He still says it to Again, this day. Again, the biggest. He should be behind bars, <laughs> by the way. The biggest heist, not even in FIFA, but in real life situations. He's a bit behind bars. Genuinely, the biggest robbery. You guys know it as well. You watch that game, a disgrace. Looks like he scored a good goal. Is that going to cancer? Let's 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 move forward. <laughs> you FIFA nineteen rolls mm -hmm. around. Uh, still with hashtag. Yeah, still with hashtag at the time. At this yeah. point. Um, when the FIFA 19, how was FIFA 19 for you? Was it okay? Not amazing? It a, not great? It was a different game in terms of okay. gameplay. The, the number of mechanics they added in with the, the time finishing and yeah. the no-look shoot, all of that craziness. It was a lot to handle with 
obviously uni at the time. And there was, as you said, the frequency of events. There was a month, I think it might have been November. Um, it might have even continued into January where it was every weekend. It was. And I couldn't even, I'm going back, I've got an exam or I've got something due the next day and I'm like, I can't. And the tournaments, the formats of it were very long and strenuous. You had to play a lot of games. So I would have to travel to hashtag, travel back, do my um, assignment for the next day. And then, it, yeah, it was a mess. Would, would you say that FIFA 19 year was a perfect year or was it too much? From a from a just a not oh, from not, a player perspective from a player perspective um from a player perspective I think it was fine if you maybe lowered the amount of LQEs slightly I think there should be LQEs but if they lowered it maybe if they halved it yeah. I think for me it would have been fine and maybe spread out the events a little bit more it was a crazy year and I think it was the best year in terms of like storytelling you 100%. know you got regular winners regular major winners it was the emergence yeah. of like Dullum Mike was in that year as well Tex popped up a couple of times again. Mm-hmm. Say a couple of times, a lot of times, yeah, one yeah. a lot. Um, and with all the leagues and just constant, constant, you know, FIFA esports, it was unbelievable storytelling. Yeah. Back to that point though, what is, or what was at your peak? What was the, what's a day in the life of a FIFA pro player? Ooh. From waking up to whatever time you went to bed. <laughs> yeah, it varies, I'll be honest. Cause like, for instance, now at the start of a game, every moment of the day, you're up playing the game. I kid you not. So for example, I would wake up let's say uh, easy for easy sake, 9am, right? It's not going to be 9am, but like, let's say I wake up at that time. I'm playing 12 hours minimum. Maybe I might have a meal in between there. Maybe one get up, maybe about 50 steps throughout the day just to go to the toilet, come back. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah. so are you just, when you're grinding the game, are you playing on your own or are you, um, are you in Discord? I'm in Discord. Are we... You're usually in, well, I prefer to be in Discord with people that I knew back then through school. So we'd be in Discord, but nowadays you communicate with the pros because you learn a lot more able to learn about new mechanics i'll be in, in discord with some of the other guys and yeah that was it just playing throughout the day it'll be in discord with us soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think you're getting right to those pro yeah. players yeah. <laughs> um fifa 19 just going back to that you did, did you at any point when the performances weren't there because it is yeah sort of it, it's a worse season than the season before mm-hmm. did the pressure did you feel it at all during that hashtag i only felt especially pressure. during the, like the last period where you're like for the points to get into the... Yeah. yeah, and was there a self-realisation where you thought, I might get released here, I might get dropped? No, because I... So that year, I missed out on World Cup spot by um, like 50 points. And that was because I didn't get an invite for the... Um, well, I say because there's a, there's a combination of reasons. I didn't do well at a certain event, whatever. But like I missed out because the players above me got double points for E-Nations because they got double points at that event. And that was... I couldn't make... It was just an invite-only tournament, so yeah. I couldn't get involved. So that was upsetting because I felt as if... I don't know how to describe this. I don't think I was that good on FIFA 19, if I'm being honest. Like FIFA 18, I thought I was unbelievable. FIFA 19, I thought I was pretty average, but I still was close to the World Cup spot. But if I'd gone into the World Cup with the mindset I had then, I don't think I was good enough to win it, if I'm being completely honest with myself. 18, I thought 100%, yeah. 19, despite me thinking I wasn't good enough, I still think I deserved to make it just based on the points thing because I just didn't get double points for. It's funny you say that. Do you feel as in football... There are footballers who are just really good footballers, but are yeah. never going to be a Ballon d'Or winner. Oh yeah, they're not going to win a Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is th- is there a mindset in FIFA where you can just be a really good FIFA player, a really good pro player, but you're not good enough to win a tournament? And yeah. do you think there's pe- there's pros out there that exist like that? Yeah. And also, is that a a, a, a nice mindset to have? No, like, no, not at all. no. I would say for me, for my own personal mindset, I never had that mindset probably ever up until I would say 
would I say FIFA 22 or maybe 23? Just because, again, when I'm playing, I don't know, I thought, I'd say I was really good on those FIFAs up until maybe 21, because I just, I don't know what it was, obviously with the pandemic and everything, I sort of lost motivation because there were no in-person events at the time because of the situation going on. And from a person where that's all I knew, every event I qualified for was an in-person event. There were no online qualifiers or tournaments. It was just in-person, in-person. You're flying to Bucharest, Mm. wherever. So having the tournaments online, it felt, it didn't feel real. To, I can't describe it. Just fulfilling the job yeah, it just requirements. Felt, yeah, and I think that's where my motivation dipped heavily. Um, that's not the only reason I didn't perform that well. I just didn't put the time in, number one. And I just wasn't that good at the mechanics that year. And that's down to, again, not putting the time in and just not being as good as everyone else adapting. So um, I'd say my mindset, for example, FIFA 23 last year, going into 1v1 competitions, I would never have been like, oh yeah, I think I can win the event. Not for 1v1, no. For 2v2, yes, because I thought we were really good. But again, when it comes to FIFA, there's other variables you have to take into account. It's not just you think you're the, you're the best player. You have to take into account every aspect of the game. You might do everything perfect, take a shot, it hits the post. And then the next time you take the shot, it goes in. The same angles, the same everything. But it's just you need the, I say, the roll of the dice to, to fall on your side. Yeah, well, as you said, look, FIFA 17 made the World Cup. FIFA 18, 19 was coming really, really close. Yeah. Hashtag ends. Mm-hmm. And then I look at sort of two more big sort of career accolades that happened in your time. Yeah. Red Bull athlete was a big one. And then more importantly, Manchester City. Yeah. What was the order of who came first and and how did it come about? So Red Bull came just as I joined Hashtag. Um, It was genuinely funny story. It's a good one. So university, they had the trials for the football team. I go there, uh, made it into the team and then they had a game the following weekend. And I was like, it's going to look bad. I I can't play. There's um, There's a qualifying weekend in foot champs. So I went to tell the captain, his name's Jack, Jack Williams. I remember, um, and I was like, I was so tentative. I was embarrassed. I'm like, how can I tell him I'm not playing because I'm playing FIFA? He's going to think I'm just messing about. I guarantee his reply was, have two points and get (laughs) all that pitch. But he was like, um, basically I told him I'm a signer for hashtag at the time. I need to go, there's a qualifying tournament. I'm not going to be here for the game. Is that okay? And he's like, what do you do? I was like, I play FIFA. And he was like, no way. I'm a... um, regional representative for Red Bull. We're looking for esports players from this. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What is going on? So he put me in contact. I met up with the people at, at Red Bull and it just stemmed from there. That was it. Unbelievable timing. So if and I didn't transfer, that would have never happened. I felt like you were at Red Bull for about 14 years. Yeah, it, it was like... a long time. I was at Red Bull for a long time. Good times. Obviously, I, again, I wish I maximized being there with content and stuff. I didn't whatsoever. So that's on me. That's nothing on, on their part. But they offered a lot of support, done a lot of content with them. But again, with, with Red Bull, they're very interactive and in-person as well. And obviously with the pandemic, all of those opportunities just you can't do anything. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, bad timing. The second thing that Brandon mentioned there, Man City. Yeah. How did that come about? You leave Hashtag. Mm-hmm. Were you in discussion with City before no. leaving Hashtag? So you're a free agent free for agent. a little while. Yep. How did it come about? Who reached out and uh, sort of yeah. wait straight away? Yep, handshake. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, in a way, but um, I knew that they only had one player in Shells, who's one of my good friends, probably the closest person I've been to in the scene. And he told me that they're looking for a second player as well. And Will Pithers at the time was part of the esports team and the structure at Man City. So, Great guy. Amazing guy. Yeah, so I spoke to him because I already represented Man City at Club World Cup because I was sent out on loan from Hashtag um, because we had too many players. So they made me join another team and we ended up qualifying. So I had sort of ties already, direct communication. So I asked them if they're looking for a player. And that was it. It just spiraled into to them offering a contract. So I had an offer from them and another team as well. And yeah, I don't want to go, again, the other team offered more money, but 
I just felt I'm a, with one of my best friends in the scene and I would rather prioritize that and be happier. I, well, I thought I'd be happier. So I think it was a good choice. The question I'll have off the back of that, and you can answer if you want, is what's the lowest ever cash offer you've had? And what's yeah. the highest ever cash offer you had? Lowest offer, I'd probably say, well, can I count on what I've been on zero? Does that count? <laughs> I'd say, actually, um, I don't know. I would say probably about 500 pounds, maybe 500 a month. And that's a 12 month deal or is that um, just a- So it was 500 a month for 12 months, yeah. And then top end of the scale? Top end, about 7,000 Wow. Yeah. 7,000 7, pounds a month. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Can, can we, can you? No, <laughs> we won't. Yeah. We won't. Um, Man City though, as we said at the start of the podcast, a lot of commitment there as well, you know, to, to have a team that supports you for multiple years. Yeah. Um, surely that's the, that's got to be the career highlight, as you said. Like, you know, was yeah, that the moment, as you said, that people started to maybe take your your career, your profession a bit more seriously? Yeah. Actually, when I think it was 7,000 euros, actually. Like, whatever that okay, is. So, it's, on, so, it's, still, so, so it's a French it. team. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah, um, joining Man City was massive. As you said, it's a massive team. Um, obviously, I wasn't like a football fan of them. Um, but you can always appreciate how good a team is, how good, how well run they are. Despite me being an Arsenal fan, for me, Man City are the best run club in the world. They're unbelievable. Top to bottom, the professionalism, everything they have, the facilities is next level. So like, it was unbelievable to be able to travel to Manchester, to create content with the players like Aguero, to meet some of them as well, Foden, those type of players. It was unbelievable. I mean, you you got some cracking opportunities. Yeah. Craziness. With them as well, yeah. traveling <laughs> over to the Middle East. Business class as well. Oh my goodness, yeah. Going sort of all over the world. Yeah. Um, it, did it feel as though during that time at City, like, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. Did you, did you feel like you, you missed opportunities? Like with the potential that you had, you're at Manchester City. Yeah. Were you really narrow-minded on, we have to perform to a high level because we are well, playing for Man City 100%. who are the best team in the world. That's where the pressure stemmed from. As I said, I, I never really put pressure on my shoulders when I was at Hashtag, not in an offensive way, because like, to me, obviously it goes without saying, Hashtag and Man City are two different ball games. But it's also, sorry to cut you off, Hashtag at that time is such a small knit group as well. Like you've got Spen there, mm-hmm. who's the one who's paying the wages. You've got Agger, you've got Boras. Yeah. Like you're all in it together. Mm-hmm. It feel like City sometimes it was, we have to perform because we are Man City. 100%. It was so stressful, I'll be honest. Not from the club. They didn't put pressure on us directly, but from myself and, of course, just going into a tournament, it's like you're signed for one of the biggest teams in the scene. If you don't perform, you're basically going to get cut. Or it's, it's, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but it's just like maybe the, the casual people are like, oh, why is he playing for them if he can't mm. do this? Why he can't do that? Whatever. So it kind of is demoralizing when you don't do well. And it sort of sort of sways you away from creating content because you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at anything else. I, I want to just hone in on just practicing and improving. Surrounded by winners as well, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're, they're out doing it on the real pitch and uh, yeah. and, not, and you want to be backing up, don't you? As, yeah, yeah. As yeah. much as you can. I mean, look, Man City. What what an opportunity that was for you, and and how did that in the in the quickest way you can sort of describe? How did that come to an end? Was it just an honest chat of like, yeah. it's time to move on, or yeah, literally. As I said, I'll be honest. I thought it was going to come sooner. Be honest, I thought I rode the rode the horse a bit too long in terms of my performances. As I said, I'm very honest. I'm not I'm not blinded to the fact. Or I'm not um, um, an egotistical person where I would I, w- I wouldn't want to say I didn't play bad, but I played awful at periods. Actually, I think the worst timing for me was not qualifying for Eprem, the first one at Man City. That was a terrible. That's probably my lowest point in the FIFA scene, genuinely, because I was like, 
I was good that year. And it was just, as I said, you have a bad day and it's just gone. That's it. And it's like EPL as well. It's, it's a guarantee. It's you you got to do it. Got to be there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. I remember going home and I was almost in tears. Like genuinely, I remember. I think we commented that, didn't we? Yeah. And I, it was just the worst feeling ever because it's not just about not qualifying. It's just that I played so bad on a day. It was awful. I played terrible. I just let the pressure get to me because I'm like, oh my, I have to make it. Man City, Premier League. I'm signed for the club. Imagine I'm not there. And I just didn't make it. It was terrible. Yeah. It, it was a... A real blow. Yeah. You bounce back. Um and I mean when you when you suffered defeat like that, yeah. What you you you're there at the event, mm -hmm. you might have got us commentating. There's always an urge for me to go up to someone and be like, unlucky mate, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> How annoying is that? <laughs> like you've just um, you've just lost or yeah. you've suffered a big defeat and you get one <laughs> of us too, or you get someone else just yeah. coming up and be like, unlucky buddy. Uh, to be honest, I see it from both sides in terms of whether it's, let's say, the camera crew coming up. Like an interview. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you kind of want to get that raw emotion out there because the most honest way you're going to get the, the facts from that person that's just lost. So I feel like I understand it. At the time, I just want to be alone. I'll be honest. But I don't mind someone coming up to me and saying, yeah, whatever, how did it go? Or what happened? Or I'm unlucky on the loss. But for me, as soon as I lost, boom, gone. Room. Straight into my room. Or I've gone home. If it's in London, I'm straight home. Instantly. There is no hanging about. I'm not seeing anybody. The bag's packed five minutes. Uber's already ordered. Outside, gone. I think the the one one of the most recent tournaments, yeah. uh, it wasn't the Club World Cup. That was a a, a good achievement, really. Yeah, I don't yeah. think many people saw no, not at all. you two qualifying yeah. for the finals. Um, it was the event that happened earlier in the season. Uh, it was a 2v2, mm. one-legged format. Not a great result. Yeah. And just what you're saying there, I, I will like... Ryan, they just finished the tournament. Man City had just unfortunately not gone through. Yeah. Oh, where's Ryan? Yeah, he left about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, Masters was tough because, again, being honest, I don't think we deserve to be invited to that tournament. Completely honest. If you're basing it off 2v2 accomplishments, then yeah, of course. But some teams weren't based off 2v2. It was based off a lot of 1v1 accomplishments. And we haven't had anything to deserve to be invited. Well, I haven't, for sure. So like, I don't think we should have been there. So going into it now... It's like you want to perform because, again, you want to showcase why you deserve to be there, where others aren't. Um, but it was, we had a lot going on like, in our personal life, me and Shell. So, like, obviously separate situations, but maybe I should delve into it. I don't know. Do you have time? We've got, we got time. Okay, yeah. So. Well, I haven't heard from producer Dave, so I feel <laughs> yeah. right. Producer Dave, how long have we got left for the first half? It's done. It's maybe. done. We'll, we'll, we'll have an added time of one minute. Yeah, so... I had someone close to me that passed away, right? And obviously that happens in life. It's one of them, but the timing of it genuinely couldn't be worse. So I found out literally just as we're starting first week. So like, it was awful. And then funny enough, the funeral was um, literally on week two that we played. So I went oh. from the funeral to the event. So, yeah. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, that must be like terrible, yeah. terrible time. Awful. But like that, that tournament as well, like... It must be so difficult as well. Like you know, you're trying to you're trying to compete, right? And you're trying to play, and then like if results aren't going your way as well, you're getting in your own head about yeah, it, and yeah, and the uh, press just mounts and mounts and mounts. It's tough and because again, as I said, I didn't want to let everyone down, so I was like, I have to perform. I didn't want to. I didn't even tell anyone what happened. I literally came to the event. I was like, I'm just gonna focus. I remember you guys saying, "Why is Ryan so quiet?" I was. I didn't even speak to anyone because mm. it's like I've just come from a funeral and I have to play. And I said, like, I don't want to let shells down. Don't let Saul, Chris, everyone that's put faith in me. So I need to perform. Obviously, it didn't go the way we planned. Funny enough, I don't think we played that bad. 
we I think the re- second time, the we second week, fine in the second yeah. week, first week was hard. I don't think we played well. Second week, I think we played really, really well. But it was just a bit of fine margins where we conceded late on or kept giving away needless goals. And yeah, that was tough. Then you're on commentary for the semi-finals. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, straight back in <laughs> behind the desk. And yeah, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. That's the yeah. halfway point for the full 90 podcast. We're off for a quick break. When we're back, we'll be resuming with a lot more topics and we'll, uh, we'll be speaking about what's next for Mr. Ryan Pessoa. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So I think it's time that we resume the story of Ryan Purcell. We've had a little half-time break, which gives us the perfect opportunity, Richard, to tee up this podcast half-time snacks before we kick off another 45 minutes. I'll kick it off. Bit boring. I've just gone for a protein bar, which is probably, at this rate, the same as just getting a Mars bar, really, of the amount of sugar in these anyway. What have you gone for? You might notice a theme. Orange Capri Sun. Orange Twirl. Good. Chocolate, chocolate bar. You're a chocolate nice orange thing. fan? I do like I chocolate orange. Mm, mm. Well, that's good. Ryan, that's a good choice. We, we send the message out before the podcast starts saying you're going to be coming on. Yep. <laughs> we do a, a halftime snack. And you said you want a very, very... So for the drink, <laughs> you just wanted water. Yeah. For this one, you made us work. Mm-hmm. However, producer Dave is a man who's got his things in many pies. <laughs> in particular, a cupcake. Yeah. That's what you're asking for. We delivered. I love it. Talk to me. Firstly, why Lola's Cupcakes? Honestly, they should probably sponsor me, I'll be honest. I eat from Lola's Cupcakes. Genuinely, unbelievable stuff. I don't know if I want to let them do this or not. (laughs) Come on, let's see you get it out. Here we go. So what what is this cupcake before we reveal it? So my favourite anyway is Oreo Cupcake. I'm a big fan of that Oreo flavoured thing. There's ice cream, milkshakes. The cupcake for me is next level. And we haven't just got one. Yeah. Producer Dave got four, so you can get that on camera. Four of these, which means I think we've all got to get involved, really. Um, are you helping yourself first, are you? <laughs> I'll pass it all over. Right. <laughs> My God, they so look. Talk me through this this bad boy, then. So, what is it about this cupcake yeah. that just makes it top tier? The buttercream. The buttercream. Genuinely, I'm I'm a sucker for for sweet stuff. 
Genu- I'm, I have the worst sweet tooth there is. Is the Oreo biscuit hard or is it a soft? It's soft, it's soft. It's soft. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's good, it's good. Producer Dave's putting his hand out. No, I was into <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, there is, there is going to be a spare one. <laughs> you, can have the, you can have the box, Ryan. So are these the, is this the small part of your day that you enjoy when you when weekending in past life, you know? In anything, you... anything. It doesn't matter. Where would you normally get all of these? Because I swear these are mainly at train stations. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. So when we were doing the broadcast events in Stratford, they had a, a stall maybe 100 yards away. I wondered where you went. Yeah, and I would say single-handedly, I went, funny enough, I had a check at the doctor's, I had a blood test. Ryan, your, your cholesterol is alarmingly high. Like, what are you doing for your cholesterol? To be- yeah, it's the, it's the cream from the cake. So I was having about four a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, life felt stressful. <laughs> okay, I let's was go. living at Lola's Cupcakes, genuinely. Expensive as well. I was going to say, cost. how much do one of these cost? I think about four pounds. Jesus. Four pounds for one. I'm struggling to close Man- this Man- Man- is doing well. <laughs> What's it like? <laughs> we'll try not to make too uh, ASMR if you're feeble at home that are listening. Um, right, I'm going to go in for the first bite now. I'm quite a pudding person, me. Mm-hmm. Very much a pudding person. Milkshake, I'm there. Oreo milkshakes, ice cream. Richard's absolutely loving it. So I'm just going to go in for a first bite. What has this podcast become? <laughs> the sponge. Mm-hmm. Pretty tame. Yeah, yeah, standard. Our buttercream is... The buttercream's next level. He's unbelievable. And the Oreo is very soft as well. You're yeah. right on that one. Just like Paul Hollywood. <laughs> well, we'll continue the conversation, though. You know, we, we left off with, with Man City and, and how things ended there. What would you say was the, the, the career highlight for you in, uh, in, in sort of competing competitively? Ooh. That's a tough one. I think I would say... It's hard to say the World Cup just because at the time I didn't realise the magnitude of it. So I'm not going to say that. I would say... Qualifying for the first Global Cup tournament that I qualified for. So it was my first time competing in 2v2. And just making that event, being amongst the best players, was a massive high point for me. Well, speaking of that that E-Club World Cup, I think it's probably one of your biggest achievements at City, right? Was yeah. It four times you made it there? Four times with City, yeah. So the E-Club World Cup, for people who don't know, it's a 2v2 um, FIFA tournament. It's a massive offline event, big cash prize. in the last one uh, at a million yeah. in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. Just gone a million dollars there. I guess that was your last... That was your last campaign yeah. for, for Man City. I know it wasn't the the most best result you would you want to talk about, but what yeah. was the mindset going into that one? Because it just felt like for you, maybe in one v one it it slowed down a little bit, but in two v two you always enjoyed two v two. You I and Shells just loved two v two FIFA. Yeah, we always qualified. The only year we didn't qualify was last year, um, in FIFA twenty two, and that was on penalties to Makers, who were top three in the world team. And again, it was tough to take because I felt as if we could have made it. We done well to get back into the game, but being at the event itself is unbelievable and this year in other years i would say obviously we've we're performing well we back ourselves and the format was slightly different so you play one 1v1 i'll play 1v1 game shells play 1v1 game then it's 2v2 um this year it was strictly just 2v2 which i like as well but going into the qualifiers we didn't think we wouldn't say that we were favorites to make it because it was genuinely one or two teams from the region make it each time and there's so many top teams in the in the divisions we had guild in there who were incredible we had um, who also were in there. So many teams, basically, that were unbelievable that we had to eliminate to get there. Um, Excel as well. And I, and I hate to be that, that that guy, Ryan, but as a commentator on that broadcast, me and Richard, yeah. the amount of times you went up in those games and then Fruit conceded away. and gave Fruit away, away. Like, we, away. We were sitting there, obviously, you know, wanting a, a UK team to do well, at least. Yeah. Um, 
defensively, what was going on? I mean, like game management just seemed like it wasn't there. I don't know what it was. It was just a combination of just rushing little aspects of the game, making little mistakes that it wasn't mistakes where we're passing an open goal, but it was mistakes where we're giving away possession needlessly and forcing errors that were never needed to be made. And again, going into that tournament, I genuinely felt like we could win it. In, even in practice, we're playing against Leipzig, we're playing against everyone and we're beating everybody basically. And it felt as if, if we can play to the standard we know we're capable of, it's going to take someone to perform spectacularly well to beat us. And we just couldn't, I felt like getting out of the groups is always the hardest part. I don't know what it is, but I honestly don't know because for me, the hardest part of Club World Cup, I kid you not, genuinely as a player, is getting there. It's the hardest part. It's so difficult. Especially on those online qualifiers oh, that go on so, for years. Yeah, they go on for literally the whole season. And you're playing against every week or every so often you're playing those games and you need to finish in the top um, the top two or the top three to make it. So it was so hard. Speaking of those online qualifiers, yeah, um, there's a there's a phrase that you've said quite a lot <laughs> as you took into that cupcake. Let, let, yeah, and it's 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 very very simple. It's just two numbers. Yeah, four and three. <laughs> when you hear those words, four and three. Firstly, describe for what four and three is. Yeah, you play a Swiss record, meaning that if I win my first game of the qualifier. And Brandon wins his first game. We would then play against each other. We are both one and zero in the qualifiers to compete at these tournaments where you're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have to get more. If you get three losses, you're eliminated from the tournament. Yeah. If you get to to, to five wins, a lot of the time you, you can go through. If you get to six wins, you, you go through. When you're playing in the qualifiers, I feel like every single tournament. Well, I would say ninety percent. Yeah. You got eliminated with a four and three record, Literally. meaning that you played every single match. And then you played over thirteen one. hours of tr- literally of practice, literally. basically of, of uh, these qualifiers, yeah. and then wouldn't go through. What are those qualifiers like? Firstly, draining. As you said, you're sat there for hours on end, and it's like as the day goes on, obviously your performance level dips. In my, but for most people, we'll say when you get to like round seven or round eight, you're tired because you're. It's not just the time that it takes that's, that goes past the day. It's the the amount of concentration it takes for you to be you have to be 100 percent concentrated every single game and to do that for a sustained period isn't easy so going into those last rounds honestly the amount of times i lost in the last like round to make it for the through to the knockouts unbelievable unbelievable which brings me on to one of my most enjoyable parts of the podcast for you yeah. ryan is your twitter mm-hmm. and oh, i think but this will be more for those that are, are watching this than, than listening. I'll explain it as well um, to those that are, that are listening. You used to be quite vocal on Twitter. You, oh, it was a nightmare. And, and there's a there's a thing about FIFA oh, players. Don't tell me it's a bad when, one. When, isn't it? When, it, when, it, when it doesn't go well, Woo. naturally, you used to be someone that would just say, you know, oh. just be knocked out of a tournament. Yeah, yeah. You're not very happy. Oh. You had to you had to release it somewhere, didn't you? Mm-hmm. What take me back to that because obviously. You're young, FIFA players do this, you go on Twitter, <laughs> you say you're not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did it change? Because there was a moment when you did start changing what, mm-hmm. you, what you put out on Twitter. I just thought, one of my good friends, Ali, he doesn't play FIFA, but he, he knows about the FIFA scene. He said, Ryan, like, you're, you're taking your anger out on silliness. Like, you're, you're, you're showcasing that. Gives you that moment of respite where you feel, like, relieved. But then it's doing you no, it's, do, it's doing you more harm than good, basically. So I used to be a mess when it comes to tweeting about it. I lose a qualifier when I was at Hashtag. I'd have Wes Bahamut Ryan, don't tweet. <laughs> I'd tweet, I'd get, Neil, phone away. I'd get Neil from hashtag running in, take, take the tweet down, I'd tweet instantly. It was so bad. Uh, there's there's one set of tweets. Oh, I've got yeah. the tweet. Oh no, this I is the best tweet. This, this tweet <laughs> is remarkable. I'm going to ask you what it says, because yeah. you should know from the date really. Yeah. 
The 13th of February. Is that a special day at all? Yeah, my birthday. Your oh, birthday? God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know what this is. Ah, you're evil for this. I don't know if you were a part-time graphic designer at the time as well when you were at uni. Um, I'll pop it up on the screen now, but basically it's a, it's a bit of a meme. You're opening a box on your birthday. Um, you don't feel like there's anything in there. And then yeah. you shake the box and out comes an FDS qualifier. So a yeah. qualifier for a weekend. You go four and three Swiss, yeah. eight hours for the same pro points as zero and three, and you've yeah. been knocked down to the floor. Yep. It Your was... tweets are so passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah, literally, that was honestly the amount of times that happened. And as I said back then, I was quick on tweeting. Quick, honestly, seconds. The final whistle is barely blown, and I'm ready. I'm typing up the tweet to send it out. So it was, yeah, it was a mess. So in hindsight, to, to players out there now that you know they throw away, say a twenty zero to the extensiveness of, you know being eliminated from one of the biggest tournaments in the world. What advice would you say to players that are like, they're, you know, they could say like trigger happy, just to yeah, be yeah. like type this, 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 just get this out. Being as ruthless as possible, I'll probably just say, keep my mouth shut. No one cares. Really, really and truly. Some people might care, but like what you're doing is detrimental to yourself because it, it not only does it show a lack of professionalism, I would say massively. It's also, sometimes it shows, it depends how you word the tweet. Sometimes it shows a lack of accountability, I'd say as well. That's very big. I think in this scene, a lot of players are very guilty of you blame everything other than yourself. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. I can say because me and Rich, you know, we see a lot of those those tweets in general. Yeah. It does come across a little bit like that. I it understand does. where it's coming from, but it's like it's everybody else's fault, and but not, not mine. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people do do. I've done it myself. I'll be completely honest. I've been guilty of it multiple times. But then when you put the tweet out, you sit in bed and you're thinking, what have I gained from tweeting that? You get a couple mm. likes, whatever. Who cares? That doesn't do anything for me. Like, it's yeah, I'd rather showcase, obviously you want to showcase how you truly feel, which is yeah. great. You still can do that, but you can do it in a way that it's not just you blaming the game. Uh, I said this to Rich as well before. There's, I still feel like in, in, in the FIFA scene, especially there's this thing about like, if you go and speak out about the game really negatively, you, you're mm -hmm. like this cult hero. Yeah. And because you get a couple of extra likes, it just fuels your ego. Do you know what I mean? And there's people that, that, that still will do that now. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like they're this hero. Oh, they're speaking about the game, and but it doesn't achieve anything. You no. can have a, you can have a better conversation at an event with someone from EA or from whatever game developer it is, and have a conversation there. Do you know what I mean? Other than yeah. just sort of chasing the likes, because you're right, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't do anything for you. You get as I said, you get a few likes. You get the people, the casual players that like it because they, they see it as you standing up for your, yeah. yourself in the game. That's not, in my opinion, the way to to go about it. This this might end up getting caught. Can we? You, you're good friends with someone who did that, yeah. who spoke negatively about the game. Um, Kurt, mm -hmm. not heard from him for a long time. How, how is he doing? I know you speak to him pretty frequently. Yeah, Kurt's good. Obviously, for me, obviously tracking back to like the FIFA stuff, he's the best player I've ever played. Wow. Without a shadow of doubt. And I played Tex, I played Anders, I played everybody. Kurt, for me. He, he could have won it in that year. He, 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 he came against DOS. Yeah. So obviously yeah. when I won that tournament, I don't think people realise how, could you imagine a world right now where he wins that world championship, you know? And like, the then skies will be red. Like it would be, a, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the world would have turned upside down if Kurt had done that. But for me, the best player I've ever played and he already had that persona. Before I even met him, I saw his Twitter account. Um, it was about like the best player in the world, etc. In person, lovely person. I think people don't understand that. He's such a nice guy. We've very had a helpful. few good conversations in with that, him. Yeah. Like he's very um I think every time I've spoken to him, his 
main thing was he just wants the game to be he, that's all he cares as good about. as he possible. Has, he has great intentions, but the way he puts just them across executed. sometimes is just yeah. a bit wrong. And as I said, going on to how much of a good person he is, I remember getting over to Munich, the first event, as I said, he was in my group and I forgot a adapter, a charger. And he literally scaled with me the whole of Munich to try and find a charger at night to help me get it. Didn't have to do that. I'm literally playing the next day against him. He could have just been like, yeah, stuff you, your phone's going to die at night. It's just, yeah, he helped. He helped a lot. Does he still watch? I don't know. He probably does because Kurt's a massive football fan. Yeah. So obviously that would transition into video games as well. So for me, um, I would expect him to be watching. He might deny it. But he like, loves Anders, doesn't he? Oh, he loves Anders. He, the biggest fan. Before, way back. I'm talking really? from multiple FIFAs ago. Before his foot champion streak, that far back, Kurt saw Anders streaming and he was like, this kid is the guy. He's the next up. I think it, it angles in nicest about sort of personalities in, in FIFA esports because as much as Kurt, you're absolutely right in person, very different to the maybe the yeah. online persona. You know, we've been called out in videos before, me and him, but then in, <laughs> in person, very nice guys. Do you know what I nice mean? Guy, yeah. um, but he's probably that first real personality that we saw that like when he was on stream, numbers went up, you oh, know, yeah, alongside yeah, the superstars yeah, yeah. like Tex. Yeah. But then since then, Anders Vergang come onto the scene. This guy that is not afraid to celebrate, is young, yeah. you know. Is naive, is very passionate. You know, this yeah. guy was winning tournaments all across Denmark for headsets to PlayStation 5s. Yeah. You're a massive fan of him as well. Like, how important is a personality like that to this to this scene, especially heading into FC Pro now? Yeah, you need it. You need a lot of um, personalities in the scene. And I think a lot of players are reserved. I've done it myself. I've been reserved for the majority of times. But I guess that's just down to the, um, how people conduct themselves and their personalities. But as I said, with Kurt, and Anders, they're very expressive in the moment, whether it's positive or negative, the outburst is there instantly, which is good for production-wise. Obviously for their own, I guess, um, like, what would I say, professionalism in some sense. Brand. Yeah, their own brand. Sometimes it could look a bit bad, but again, when it comes to Anders, obviously it's a bit different. Kurt's intentions have always been, he just wants the game to be as, um, as skillful. He wants the skill gap to be as big as possible. And that was it. Do you think that there's sometimes an over-worry about again it's a it's a it's a you can't really win in the situation but of how good of a sportsman you need to be in this game like i know it's esports but like you're yeah. right like some people have got this mindset that they're going to be really respectful which is great yeah but then you can't you have that in you know what's in the games in the game and then as soon oh. as you get out of that anders is a different person you know 100%, what i mean yeah there's a lot of that and i feel like a lot of people in the scene i think it's it's more frequent now i would say it is very friendly in terms of in person you, you lose against your opponent you're always going to be um a good sportsman, you're going to shake hands with them and etc. But I feel as if sometimes, like I've done it myself. I played against somebody in Bucharest. I didn't enjoy, I didn't like the way they played against me. And I'm not shaking his hand. He's come up to shake, I'm just walking off. I'm not shaking his hand. What's the point? It's not a good game. I think that so, might, I haven't got it on hand, but there's another tweet you said. At least you said in the words of scummy FIFA players. <laughs> I don't remember this. I, I think you got eliminated is. from a tournament, but you just said at least... No, I think you're speaking about a winner of a tournament. You went, at least he doesn't play like Scummy, for oh, example. I don't, I don't remember. There's that many. I genuinely don't remember that one. You, we're going to... We'll, we'll keep this conversation going about sort of the the personalities yeah. because now in your position that you are, you've been on numerous different broadcasts mm -hmm. where it's your job to maybe highlight that personality of, of those players. Um from the broadcast perspective, from being a commentator, yeah, how did that come about? Like, who, who who gave you the call for that first one? Funny story, I don't actually remember. Everyone asked me this. I got asked this actually yesterday. I'm not sure the first time. I want to say it was actually Eprem. Eprem. The one I didn't qualify for. 20... 
21? The one at the Gfinity. One at Gfinity yeah. Where me and him weren't invited. I, in, oh, I, <laughs> I don't remember anything. It just feels like a blur. That whole timeline, I don't really... I, I remember it better than you. Yeah. So I was watching from mm. Hull. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I actually think we got asked for it, but I think we took it off a gig. <laughs> I think we're busy. <laughs> uh, shout out. Um, you had a massive fill. The servers went down, or the game wouldn't load. I don't remember. And I you I and <laughs> I think it was Rachel Stringer were just filling for like yeah, twenty-five I don't minutes. Was standing up, and yeah, 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 I remember that. When you firstly had you ever watched the broadcast before? Yeah, yeah. and gone. I, f- I could do that. No, I wouldn't. Like, look did you that. even think about it? No. Never. My only intention is was to play. I didn't think about any nothing else. The bigger question is: Did you ever listen to us commentate you and go, "These guys need to shut up"? Nah, I've not. Again, I have that similar to like when watch remember, it on mute. <laughs> I remember you um, came up to me and you were apologizing about like the Denuso clip, like of you like saying the Denuso's in London, and I was like, "You don't need to apologize for that." The reason I apologize for that is because you would not believe in my time. Like yeah. we've had, like I've had messages before no, about like, players complaining about that, that basically they perform terribly and like they're yeah. not sort of perform <laughs> terribly and they're. They're not happy about the way that maybe they were spoken about. It's like it means- our jobs to give the yeah. to give so, the news, yeah. you know. Um, I don't think I've ever told this story before. <laughs> we were it's commentating hard. an event. Um, it was in Paris. Uh, it was a, a big event, and there was two people who were playing. I'm not going. I'll not say their names. Yeah. But there was two players who were playing against each other, and it was nil nil over two legs. And it went into extra time. Nil-nil. I think there was one shot on target in the entire two legs of FIFA. Yeah. To put that into context, you've watched probably about 45 minutes of nothing happening. And uh, we were commentating. Struggling. And, and I said, you've been in this position where you've had maybe a, a dry game. Yeah. I was like, I'll talk <laughs> to you about E-Champions League, actually. So, when, um, so we, we commentating and I said... Neither of these two players have tried to win the game. Yeah. They should both be knocked out. Ooh. So I then happened to get a DM <laughs> from one of the coaches no. of the player saying something along the lines of, if you can't appreciate what you're watching, you shouldn't be commentating. And it was just like, we're just speaking our minds yeah, in those yeah, situations. Yeah. We never, you've commentated, mm-hmm. you never get told anything, what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say. Yeah. There's a couple of things like, say items, not cards. In, in when you're doing sort of ultimate team events, but nothing is ever scripted. Yeah, we're just allowed to speak our minds and we're allowed to say what we think. And uh, I thought it was very funny how someone got that must have been a triggered some yeah, a nerve in someone. Them to mess, yeah, I think the the key thing is as well, like for being honest, like all that we're doing here of esports is entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And that year of FIFA, don't get me wrong, it did not play well to pros. You know, it was yeah, nil yeah. nils. Remember a game that you were involved in, Foothead Cup against Venny. You against Venny. Did you have a trilogy? It was Near a, enough of nil nils, didn't four, you? I think it was four nil nil games in a row. And funny enough, I had to leave because I had there was something that night. I forgot. I think I had to travel back to uni or something. No, it wasn't back to uni. I had to do something. I had to travel somewhere. It was a flight. I had a flight that night, and I had to go. And I was like, this game has to be done in this game. Just for uh, for context, <laughs> Ryan was playing in a one thousand dollar cut. Me and Richard were commentating on it from home. It was round of 16, 16 players in the tournament, and Ryan's played against a play venue. Was playing for I believe maybe Southampton at the time. Um, Four games of nil-nil. And we went, no, we went to golden goal, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. It was two legs of nil-nil. Then and it was golden goal, nil-nil. And then golden goal again of nil-nil. I remember we were waiting for it in the bracket for ages, <laughs> thinking, when is this game going to be done? Yeah, that was an awful experience. Because it's just like, it felt as if nothing... It, you would think that we're both playing defensive. We weren't. 
weren't even playing defensive. It's just how the game that year was set up, yeah. where it was so, the defensive structure was so regimented and structured. It was so hard to break down. They were just, mo- it was, you couldn't get anywhere. Once you've, you've come into this broadcasting space, yeah. how do you feel as though, how long did it feel for you to get like comfortable being on camera, talking? <laughs> yeah. Because everyone sort of said like, you picked it up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you'd had a lot of experience doing it, which yeah. I don't think you had. Never. You, you were just got Never. brought into it. Yeah. Um, but what was it like? And also, did you feel a little bit of, now you've, you're not going to be playing. Do you think you'll be a bit more harsh on the players? Like I know sometimes when we'll be watching maybe a text or someone yeah. that you know quite well, mm-hmm. you maybe hold back ever so slightly. Yeah, it depends because I, I'm able to be able to see it from both point of view. And I don't want to be too critical on a player because it's so hard to even make the event. I agree. It's, it's so difficult. Like if you've made it there, who am I to, to criticise anything you've done? But I will criticise the performance that day on the if they lose or whatever. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't like slate their their like personal achievements or careers or whatever. You could criticise a game. It, yeah. Or yeah, the yeah. way that someone's played in a game. normal. Yeah. But so, but in terms of the experience in front of camera before that, I think it stemmed from hashtag because obviously you're in front of the camera constantly. So before that, I never had a camera in front of my face whatsoever. And in terms of getting comfortable, um, I would say the first event was very nervy because I'm a, I swear quite a lot, genuinely. In like, off, you would never think it because obviously on broadcast, you have to be professional. And I'm professional enough to just switch that part off. But back then I was always cautious. What if I accidentally swear? Or what if I do something like that? So then I'm not too cautious of, let's say you mumble up your sentence. That happens in a day-to-day. Like that's very normal. So that doesn't really phase me. I was always scared about just accidentally swearing. So like that was until I got more comfortable doing more broadcasts where I didn't swear. Then I was like, yeah, it's fine. I think me and Richard would agree that there's there's certain FIFA players we always say that get it from a media capacity and mm. we always said that about you like you're one of those players that get it like when you sign for a club and if you are earning 7,000 euros a month let's say <laughs> I wasn't earning that <laughs> <I> was <laughs> enough, but, yeah. you know you have to be doing media activities you have to yeah, be doing yeah. brand activities yeah. and you can't just expect to sit there and play FIFA mm-hmm. you need to be streaming to be doing content so like yeah. I think at City, you had to do so much of it with shells and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. You just, I think you just, you understood the game of it, you know, and you understood yeah. that, you know, this is how you need to be on camera. But I think for someone that was so natural early on, I think you, we've not really seen that from, from, from so many people. What's been your highlight in terms of commentating so far? Because you've been able to go to E-Champions League finals, yeah. um, of course, in Sweden, yeah. in, in Istanbul as well. I mean, you've had the pleasure of working with us, mm-hmm. whether that was a pleasure or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's been the highlights and what have you really enjoyed about maybe seeing it from a different side? Yeah, I'd say, I'd probably say the amount of effort that goes into it behind the scenes. You don't really appreciate it in terms of not even just what we do, but like the people that produce the content that are behind the scenes, they're doing all of the the, the stream stuff and everything. There's so much that goes into it. The hours they put in is crazy. Like even Rachel, when she was hosting, it, it seems, it looks like it's easy. But she's able to like remember everything. And then same with you guys, you remember stats and jot down everything and it's just, it comes out. So that's, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. But um, yeah, I'd say the key, honestly, I enjoyed every every event I'm part of. I mainly enjoy them. The ones I don't enjoy though are the ones that are like 10 hour long. We just sat there every, it's so long. It feels like it's repetitive. What about commentating from home? Where's that on the list for you? Kind of low because... Got my mum knocking on the door, can I help with the shopping? <laughs> we, we, I'm like, we told, someone's opened the door. I'm literally, I'm, I mean, I've told you I'm, we, I'm broadcast. We did an event from home. <laughs> and I, I don't think you were on it. It was no. just me and Ryan. 
I don't. It must be really hot. Your window were open, <sighs> and the kids, and the kids, oh, <laughs> kids playing outside. <laughs> Every like four seconds, you just hear a woo. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. It's just so awkward because, yeah, from home, even competing at home, hate it. Completely hate it because, as I said, there'll be little things where the door knocks. My mom's not home. I have to get up and get the door, and I'm like in a game. There was a time I was in a penalty shootout, right, to make an event. Penalty shootout. Literally, my mom comes in. So you can't help me with the shopping. I'm like. I'm literally in a, I won. Lucky I won the game. But like she's asking me to help with the shopping and stuff. And I'm like, Mum, I've told you, like, I'm in a game. And you get a 30 second pause as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't just Well, some of the maybe the the, the have you had any low moments during the commentary or sort of Ooh. funny moments where um, things haven't gone to plan? Ooh. I don't know, you know. I think the worst ones, as you said, is just the background noise from home. Yeah. And like things that haven't gone to plan this. Internet dropping mid broadcast. I've had that before. You've had that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both have that. I've had, yeah, internet problems. I've had once, because I had like this, they didn't like it when like, my door was in the backdrop. So I had like this fake wall type of thing up. And I remember I was talking, talking, and lucky the moment that they switched cameras to someone else, the whole setup fell. <laughs> Everything's falling, cameras are falling, everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm just hoping that you could, because you couldn't, it was online. I think it was with you, Rich, but you couldn't see me because you were talking like on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just went to me. And I was just hoping whoever's behind the scenes don't click my camera because it's complete pitch black and there's no backdrop. There was a broadcast that we did quite recently um, where we were doing it from home, um, the virtual Bundesliga. And it was a long broadcast. Me, Brandon and uh, a guy called Alex and we were commentating and I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Like, I'm going to have to eat something. <laughs> yeah. So I ordered Subway. It came. I managed to get it delivered. Mm-hmm. But then about three minutes later, I had to go back on. So all you can hear down the mic on a live broadcast <laughs> is just... <laughs> just me scrunching up the paper. We're pretty good though. It's like, if I know Rich has got, you know, Subway there, I'll say, right, I'll take the attack, mate. You, you have a bite and you enjoy your yeah. Subway. Pick it back up. The amount of times Brandon's messaged me, especially when we're doing stuff from home, we're like, okay, I need to go put the food in the oven. You just take this next 10 minutes <laughs> of gameplay. Yeah. Um. So speaking of commentary then, so where is your mind at right now? You know, mm-hmm. you're hanging up the control, as we said uh, in, in the first part of the, the podcast. Yeah. Do you want to do, I mean, commentary, no doubt, fingers crossed, will continue to be a big yeah, part yeah. of your, your your work and your career. But like, where, what do you want to be seen as? Where, like, where do you want to be in the, do you, do you still want to be in that, in the FIFA pro scene still? Um, I'm obviously not planning to compete. I'm always going to have like a, an obvious interest in the pro scene without doubt that that's whether I play or I don't play that always just because of my love for the game and also the friends I've made alongside it. I want to see them do well. I can't even list all of them, but you know that the usuals like Stokes, Shells, Ethan, everybody. Um, so I'd want them all to do really well. But um, in terms of what to be known as, that's tough. Cause obviously I love being able to be part of the broadcast with you guys and stuff. So that's obviously an opportunity if available, I'll take with both hands. But my aim, I'd say, in the last couple of years, I haven't enjoyed competing. So like it felt, my number one thing is I don't, how can I word this? It felt like FIFA felt like a job to me. Yeah, where yeah. beforehand, it wasn't a job. It felt like I'm waking up, I'm doing the thing that I love and I'm getting paid for it, which is incredible. But now it felt as if I'm waking up similarly to like, I have to do this and I don't want to do it. So then that's when I kind of knew I need to step away. I wouldn't step away mid-season, I don't think that's fair. But like at the end of the season, I'm an honest person. I would be just like, even if City were, weren't were planning to, to do anything in that sense, like getting rid of us, I probably would have said, I don't know if I want to do that. If there's an opportunity to do other things, I'm happy to do that, but I don't really want to play. If Shells makes the first event, yeah, he goes, Ryan, I want you to coach me. No. 
but you can be on the commentary team. No, I'm not doing it. Because I don't, I don't want to coach. That's what I'm saying. Right. I want to do things that I want to do, like streaming. I love doing. I'm really enjoying learning to edit, so I want to upload like YouTube shorts. Um, I haven't started Instagram Reels yet because it, I'm not sure you do love streaming, right? I've no, done, I love it. Trust me. Life for a year. The re- okay, the reason why I don't love it, and I know what you're gonna say because of the the streaming there before. That again felt like a job to me. That felt like a job. I feel like I had to do it, and it was. I don't yeah. like being forced to. It just doesn't. It's feel It's different right. from like a. Sort oh, of I'm, passion, enjoyment, yeah, you know. Yeah, and that drained me. That took the life out of me for about a year, two years. I kid you so, not. So, bit of context on there. So, about a couple of years ago, there's a group of, of FIFA creators, pros that signed streaming exclusive, exclusive deals. Yeah. Um, we us three here were part of that. Um, and I think I'm the only one that survived. <laughs> um, I really still enjoy it there. Yeah. But yeah. for but for, for for both of you, like, and, and in general, like at the time. I don't think there was a, uh, there wasn't enough viewers anyway, regardless. But like, I remember you started on this platform, yeah. you were grinding, you, you weren't you were on camera at the time yeah, at that Yeah, the point. first couple of months were, were fine, completely fine. I was had a schedule, it was going great. And then there was a month, I think I was away for a couple of weeks and I came back and I had to fit in those set hours in those two weeks and it was awful. And I just remember thinking, Lord, I can't do this. There was a time where it was so bad. I can't even go to the ins and outs because I might get in trouble. <laughs> it was, it was, it felt, strenuous but i'm obviously grateful for the opportunity i would never regret taking the opportunity that was unbelievable to even be well, that. especially during the time uh, yeah, yeah, it was right in the middle of covid yeah um i, I saw it as sort of it's a in, a in a world where events is what our main income is it was a guaranteed yeah. source of income yeah of course. in a very sort of unguaranteed time of life yeah and, I think, um, and I'll, oh, as you said i'll be forever grateful for that yeah um in the first half, we talked about not realizing potential and opportunity. I think both of us can say that we we didn't 100%. take that potential. No, did not. Um, but as you said, now you've sort of moved on to a new chapter. You're back on uh, back streaming on Twitch TV. You're making yeah. YouTube content. Do you think content creation is that thing that it's going to re- reignite the, the fire? Would you so. even say you, you fell out of love with FIFA? I say yeah. From FIFA 21 to 23, 100%, yeah. But I wouldn't say, i say it got better. Like last year, I felt like I had the urge again, so I was practicing more. But 22, I didn't play the game. Wow. I swear to you, I would just rock up to court. I did not practice. Nothing. Or if I did practice, you can tell anyway. I know you're going to say. That's why you're commentating. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say. But yeah, genuinely, didn't play the game. Like I played 2v2. Like I said, 2v2, I love it. I absolutely love playing 2v2. Even if it's we, we played with shells, obviously, in tournaments. But playing with other people, it was fine as well. Um... So for me, that was a key aspect, but I did fall out of love with it. And that's where I thought, all right, I must step away and do things I enjoy. And content, as I said, learning how to edit. Yeah. I, I think if you speak about um, like streamers, you know, you look at Tom Stokes, for example, the success that he has, consistency, isn't it? It's just consistency, turning up every day, like as I yeah. said before. Like for you, I still feel there's, there's such an opportunity for, for current pros, past yeah. pros to literally just be consistent at something and you will just reap the rewards. So say Absolutely. if I said a year from now, across the board, where where do you want to be at in terms of like, maybe like any achievements you want to hear on certain yeah. platforms? The you thing know? For achievements for me, it's not even about followers or anything like that. I just want to achieve something like a personal goal of streaming X amount of days in a row or X amount of times per month, X amount of hours, producing how many TikTok or, yeah. or YouTube videos per month and being consistent over a, a year period. It's all good and well doing it for one month. I've done it before for a month, but I stopped. So then there's something about being consistent, which I've lacked. And even though it's the streaming though, before that, um, the only time I ever, the most I've ever streamed on Twitch, I used to stream once a week here and there. So bearing in mind, that's gone now into a multi-hour deal. 
which I've never done before. The most I would stream sometimes is four hours. Sometimes you, that's the only stream a month. And now I'm doing 20 times that those hours. And it, it has to like, be a it has to be a lifestyle. Yeah, like, as much yeah, as difficult yeah. is because you you have like those moments where it's nine o'clock and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to stream right yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just that's to be part of your lifestyle. And I 100%. think that's where my stream starts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, definitely, I think look, there's there's opportunities there, and I think short form right now, what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, you know, great. there's money to be made. And, yeah, and I think um, you've already done it briefly last year, and you saw the numbers you were getting. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just got to yeah. keep at it. No, it's true. We've got. Uh, a FIFA EFC sort of expert in the room no Ryan um, we're going into a new chapter yeah. of esports uh, in particular with the EFC and and sort of everything that's going to come out FC Pro and the Open and, and whatnot. what in your opinion you've seen it from numerous different sides you've seen it from an org you've seen it from a club yeah. you've seen it from a player from a broadcast perspective, what needs to improve and where do we need to go in order to get back to maybe the numbers that we were seeing in, in FIFA 19, yeah. where we were 3,000 at the O2 Arena, 100,000 mm-hmm. pretty often, Very often on Twitch, yeah. uh, lots of interaction with streamers, with pro players, with YouTubers. Like, What do you think we need to do? Where, where do we improve? Where do we go? For me, there's been a very clear... I would say distance between pro players and other people in the community, whether that's casuals, whether that's content creators, anyone, I think there's a massive gap between it. It's very, very different. For example, even if you, you relate it to when foot champs rewards, when it was 14, used to get monthly rewards. People used to watch that because they couldn't attain it. It was like, Oh my God, this person's got 40. I can barely get 20 wins. This he must be unbelievable. So I want to tune into his streams, his videos to watch how to improve, how to get those rewards to bolster my team. And for them, it would be just for obviously the casual sake, just getting a better team than your friend or getting the best players that you enjoy. But now that's been taken away and it doesn't look like it's coming back with the way it's going. But even things like the, you have the first event, for example, um, an FC Pro, whenever that is. And it's at the start of the year, but then you've got pro players who are using R9 Ronaldo. They're using Eusebio, they're using Hullet. The casual player is never going to be able to attain that. Some majority of casual players won't even see those cards the whole year. Mm. Or if they do it, it's at the very end, the last stages. So for me, it, there needs to be something relatable where even in FC Pro now, you've got like Dan Juma, for example, the Evolution card, a pro player using him. And it sort of eliminates the stigma of, oh, you're only a pro because you've got the best team and you're using the best team. I think it's very relatable. It's just things like that where it can relate to the community a lot more. Where I, whereas now I just feel like, or previously there's a huge disparity. As always on this podcast, uh, we have Buckley's big question. Okay. This week... You've been a player, Ryan, that has been around for a long time. Yeah. Maybe even when the performances weren't up to scratch. Mm-hmm. For for pros out there, for upcoming players, for semi-pro players, for amateur players. Yeah. Other than performance, strictly performance, what other elements do people need to do in order to sustain a long career in esports? To sustain a long career, genuinely. It, it, it's completely irrelevant on your, your level. If you want to be within the scene and to make a mark and a foothold in it, you have to be creating content. Whether that's long form through YouTube videos, series that you make, there's many people that do Road to Glory series, there's many different things online, or whether it's short form, just posting tips and tricks or reward videos or things like that and being consistent with it, you're, you're going to grow. Like for me, I'm not really, obviously numbers are very important because that's how you, you, you stimulate the growth. But I don't really look at the numbers initially because again, that can all just plummet if you're not consistent. 
you could start off with two viewers and then over the year, the next year you might be at a hundred viewers and then the next year you're at 300 and then a thousand, it grows because they know they're going to be able to see you. You've got a schedule. I'm live at 5 p.m. every single day or four days a week. So they know to tune in 5 p.m. that day. You're going to be there no matter what. And obviously streaming is good. But again, I think the schedule is a very important part because there's no point turning up at 9 p.m. and the next day it's 10 a.m. You're going to get completely different. view. They don't know when you're live. You need to have a strict schedule, stick to it, and then the numbers will happen. Absolutely. I mean, we'll check in with producer Dave. How long have we got left? Three minutes. Last three minutes of the podcast. What else do you want to ask him? I was going to just add on to that that point as well. I think there's two ways to sustain the career, in my opinion. I think results constantly yeah, as a player. Of course. Or maybe a one event a year, but have unbelievable social yes. channels. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. unbelievable social channels consistently uploading as you said streaming and whatnot because in the nicest way for teams that's what's making their money brand yeah. deals activations yeah. and stuff like that's how it is two minutes left quick fire okay go on Tex or Dasari might be here for longer than t oh I can't do that Rich I can't do it oh you asked me who I prefer or no who? just just the question is a question Ryan <laughs> Tex has had a better peak but I have to say Dos because the World Cup Favourite current Arsenal player? Martinelli. Oh, Martinelli. Big fanboy of Martinelli. Honestly, unbelievable. Okay. Um, EAFC. Who's the best player you're going to pack? I feel a good icon, you know. I feel it. I'm going to say Zico. He's new this year. Might get some of that luck that you've been getting. So. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Yaya Torre. Yeah. Uh, final one from me. How many TikTok followers in 365 days' time will Ryan Pessoa have? I'm going to say, so I'm at around, I don't actually know what I'm at, 20-something thousand. I'm going to say 50,000. Nah, you can do, you can do a one-er. You think? I reckon that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be unbelievable. You might upload a few times, but you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. That's been 90 minutes into the life of Ryan Pessoa, ex-pro player now current uh, EAFC commentator, content creator, and overall just a lot of great insight, Richard. Yeah, a great guy and uh, another fantastic, may I say, episode of the Full 90 podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right <laughs> Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like wilderness a lot of laughs y'all weird but you yeah, you you were different like you were real different bro. i can't really put my finger on it and so much more just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip roundabout season two presented by nissan is live now with new episodes rolling out every thursday listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>